0: visit roberthalf.com today freaking first cut golly
1: welcome back to the first cut podcast my name is kyle porter i'm here uh with mark Emmelman. mark how are we doing today i'm fine kyle uh
2: i was back at it today around the champion course and it was a it was a fun day i gotta be honest with you how are you
1: uh, I am. I am good. Uh, just a long day. It's always jarring. I think to switch from the West Coast to the East Coast uh, during during the PGA Tour season because I pretty much you're going back and forth. So your your time zones are all messed up anyway. But I'm staying Central, so I go from staying up super late to oh, by the time I wake up, the first you know the 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 first wave's already on like the tenth tenth tee box or whatever. So it's it's always a uh, I, I prefer the East Coast just to. I, I like that early morning start i like getting it getting out of the way but it's always a little bit jarring to to transition to that
2: you speak of jarring i mean with a mainstream espn plus this morning we were first shot was six forty five. <laughs> my group was at seven something and so the call time for us is five-ish and so you know how it goes when you got the early alarm clock that at about two a.m., you start waking up, kind of on the half hour, so you miss stuff. So it was kind of crazy. But, um, the end. Of it, it was a good. It was it was a different PGA National Champion course to the ones I've experienced in years past. I'll say that.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about that. That's actually where I want to start. We'll we'll get to Chad Ramey and Sh Kim here in a minute, who are who are co-leading uh, this golf tournament. But I think a lot of the talk on Thursday and and going into Friday. Is going to be about how PJ National was playing a lot easier. Now, I, I went back and looked at some of the first round scores over the last couple of years. They've they've been a little bit worse than what they were this year, but also, you know, they changed the par of the course. It was it's been a par seventy, changed it to a seventy one. I think that accounts for a little bit of it. But it did seem to be playing. You said different. I think I, I think maybe a little easier than it has in the years past. Is is that was that your takeaway from from day one?
2: I would say this morning, it was significantly easier. I, I didn't recognize the place. And this afternoon when the wind kicked up, it was kind of more of what I remember. But I had a we did a segment on PGA Tour Live this morning where it's called Rules Corner. And I had spoken with Steve Rintoul, one of the PGA Tour rules. Uh, he's actually the vice president of rules and Affiliating, And um spoke with him yesterday. And on the air this morning when I talked to him, he said, look, as a set-up body, we made a concerted effort with this event to make it a little easier. He goes, because these guys are coming off the West Coast and they're going into two big time events in the All Palmer Invitational and Players. And this event, people just didn't want to come because it was just so difficult. And so they were looking for a week off. They're like, well, I'm not going to go and get beat up by this golf course. And so they made 10 at par five, but the truth is the greens were all receptive. Um, they had slowed them down to about 12 in the stimp meter. Uh, the rough wasn't punitive whatsoever. Yeah. And the, what they had done over the last couple of years was, because there had been a lot of rough creep from the computer, they'd widened them to where their original specifications were. So there were some wide, soft targets. This morning, it was like playing golf in a dome, and it was kind of aim and fire and have the ball stop the it lands. And so, and then you add 10 as the par 5, which was kind of curious, because I, I actually made the observation in the afternoon, and Steve Scott, our analyst, laughed at it like, isn't it crazy? 10, they move the tee back 30 yards, right? That's 530 something now. And you say it's a par 5, and now are just shooting grass off the thing. Then you make it a par 4 of 500, and then they make bogeys and stuff all over the show. And I'm like, it's crazy, isn't it? But then if you had to move the tee back 30 yards and tell them it's a par 4, I said to him, how much moaning would there be in the player's locker room? Because it would be incessant. And so it's just incredible to me then, and it proved sort of, the mindset of stuff. So you give a player a five thirty par five, and they're like, "Sweet, yeah." And they get after the thing. So yeah, do I? I'm with you. Par is a bit of a construct, but overall, I will say this morning, the, the golf course was so easy, so easy. This afternoon, it, it, it grew some teeth, some, but it wasn't really this.
1: Yeah, and and Rory said that he shot four hundred sixty-seven and said it was just it, it, it was as easy as as it could possibly get in terms of PJ National. You know, watching it today, it reminded me a little bit of I, I know stylistically they're they're different, but it reminded me of watching like kind of one of those midsummer tournaments, like the John Deere, the three M, or or something like that. Just from a and I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the softness, or the or the wetness, or just like how lush it was, how wide it played or seemed, you know. And it just it didn't feel like your traditional PGA National. I guess my question for you as a follow up would be: Is that a good thing? Like it, a lot of people are talking about, hey, the identity of this tournament was that it was hard, you know. And and so I'm just curious about kind of whether you think the difficulty being easier is, uh, is, is a good or a bad thing.
2: Well, I, when Steve Rintel mentioned to me their mission and their aim with us, because there's a new sponsor. So maybe the sponsor had some say-so in this too, to say, look, we're not interested in some part battle around score of par. But when he said, look, we want players to come here and just to feel like they can swing free and not have their brains beaten out before what's, two weeks that are pretty grueling in the next two weeks in the Arnold Palmer and, and the players. So they, they fulfilled their, their their mission by what they did. Yeah. And look, was it it's not normal, but in a strange sort of a way, it was actually fun to for me to watch guys make a few birdies around the place there. Because look, it'll likely firm up over the weekend and Paul will start to become a thing again. But it, it was just a pleasant sort of surprise. But it, it caught me unawares, so I've got to be honest.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I had seen that they widened the fairways. So I thought it might play a little easier, but I think it was just like you said, softer than than maybe um maybe what we imagine. So let's get to the leaders. We've got uh we've got Chad Ramey and SH Kim, both shot seven under sixty-four. Uh kind of too unlike I mean it, it, you know, in a lot of ways, Mark, this fits in with the theme of the PGA tour season, at least for the first round, which is Hey, long shots, long shots, long shots. Look at these guys that are, I mean, I would Chad Ramey was like 300 to one to win this golf tournament. Now, whether he's in that position on Sunday is is a long way to that. But which of these guys, I guess I'll ask it this way. Which of these guys do you think has more staying power at the top uh, after after the first day?
2: That's a good question. I'll say this. Um, The first time I laid eyes on S.H. Kim, I was like, wow. I mean, he is so well-organized. He's got a beautiful golf swing. He's just got all of the tools. But, you know, this game is played on a five-inch fairway, between, and that's the space between your ears. And Chad Ramey has proved that he can win on tour, albeit a smaller event. But, you know, he's a, he, too, is very disciplined, doesn't do anything he can't do, and he plays out of the fairway a bunch. Ramey, that is. He's got a lot of control. He's a, it's a game predicated on accuracy. So if conditions, because we're supposed to get more wind um, tomorrow, If conditions deteriorate, I I would sort of say Ramey just because of the style of game that he plays. But if I know you guys talk about the term ceiling, with respect to Chad Ramey, I think S.H. Kim's ceiling is a lot higher, but he's unproven. I mean, he's contended some, but Ramey's got the win. So because of that, I'm going to sort of, because of the style of his game, I would say him
1: yeah i I think i i would probably agree with that you know it's it's interesting i don't know what sh kim's odds were they had to be triple digits Uh, again ramey was 300 mark sh kim doesn't have a top 10 anywhere since the Fortnite, which was what september of last year chad ramey doesn't have a top 10 since he won which was two years ago now uh at the at the punta cana so it's pretty wild um just to see you know again keeping with the theme of the PGA Tour season of just all these all these long shots uh being up near the top so um we'll talk about a few guys that can that can maybe chase them down um after the break but first we need to uh we need to hear a word from our partners our you can now relive the best moments of the UEFA
0: Champions League 24/7 The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big
1: Beats. Okay, Mark. So the the two names at the top, not necessarily big names, although they had great days, uh, but there's some big names chasing them. And, and the place that I want to start with is uh, Cam Young. Cam Young shot 6 under 65, made kind of everything he looked at. Uh, is this a golf course that you would typically think would fit somebody like a Cam Young and his style of play?
2: no it, yeah that's it, it what I thought to its, it didn't play to its usual personality today so um, look to me these guys are so good that if a player comes in with confidence they'll find a way to play well on their no, that might not suit their eye um, but the thing about this golf course is it, it, it doesn't necessarily fit one sort of ball flight it just respects accuracy and control um, and so You can stand there and pound the thing with a driver if you're brave enough, or you can play in the fairway and play with a a medium iron in hand. But look, he's just been playing really, really soundly. So I'm sure the confidence is sky high, and I'm keen to see if he can kick this one on, because if if ever there's a time, it's now, because he lives down here, so he's comfortable in the area. I feel like I watched him some on the range a little bit in practice yesterday, and he has brought the ball flight down, just a whisker. Because when he used to hit drive, it was hit hard and high and went far. And we saw him was in the fairway. It almost looked like the pause atop the spring was a little less pronounced. It looked like he was covering the ball a lot more with his body. So the ball flight was controlled. So maybe this is something he's built into the repertoire. Um, But he does live in the areas. He's familiar with the conditions in the golf course and such. And uh, like I say, confidence is kind of key with these guys.
1: Yeah, he said afterward that he he enjoys uh, playing in Florida. um, or or basically what you said he's accustomed to it even though he's kind of Mm. thrived a little bit on the west coast swing like he likes coming back uh, to florida he's had a weird year you know he's somebody that i think has a real chance to win the masters he's played so good there um he he obviously is one of the best drivers in the world but you know he had kind of some weird he wasn't good at century he almost finished last at pebble but then he he had a, like a third place in Dubai and had a couple top twenties yeah. coming into this week, so it seems like he's kind of moving in the right direction. But I'm interested to kind of see how the rest of his week plays out.
2: Well, remember this guy was it a year ago? He was the champion in waiting, wasn't he? Just everyone yeah. was going Gaga over Cam Young and or Young Cameron as Patrick calls, <laughs> and players were lining it to play fall with him in the Ryder Cup and stuff and and look, he's got the chops. We all know this. And his game just went a little sour, but he's he's back in the saddle to me. And and I feel like his timing was just right. So I think your master's call is spot on. If he doesn't do something, you know, nice in the next few big events.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see him get uh, even more form than he's had uh, over the last couple where he's, he's finished in the top 20. Uh, let's go to... Uh, Chris Kirk, four hundred sixty-seven. Uh, man, he's had a really good year, and and obviously, uh, you know, was awesome here last year. Did anything stick out to you with with his card or his game today, or just kind of how he's playing right now?
2: Yeah, I didn't run him badly enough from the first two. When <laughs> I, said hello. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'll tell, I'll tell you this. Look, he got off to a fast start, and he was in the ball well and making putts and stuff. He just looked very comfortable. And then he was cruising along there and then, um, you know, hits the ball to the right side of the hole on 15, which in the morning that hole was playing. It was ridiculously easy. 155 yards, and guys were getting scoring irons in that tight. And the flag was five paces off the right-hand edge. So the water's, what, 20 feet away, if anything, if my arithmetic's right. And he fizzes some scoring iron in there at about eight feet. And then I was 17, the flag back right too, and he didn't make the best swing, and he didn't save and, and rinse one in the water. He makes double. And then the next time, we're walking down the fairway, and he walks past me. I, I, was, I think he'd laid, he laid the ball up. And um, he walks past me, and he goes, how's your stroll? I said to him, fine, how's your stroll? And he goes, no, it's good, man. And I'm thinking in my head, this guy's just made double, and after being in tied for the lead or whatever he was at the time, And it struck me how, like, together and how present he was and how unfazed he was that he had just rinsed the ball in the water and made a double bogey. And that's when I realized, I'm like, this guy has a handle on life right now. And and I feel like that's why the golf is so good because golf has got its place in Chris Kirk's life. You know, he had to deal with bigger, more pressing issues, nearly lost his family and, you know, his golf too. And so now when he plays golf, you honestly look at a guy who's working hard body is in tremendous shape I actually joke with him I'm like all that pitching and jumping and throwing and stuff you're doing in the gym is worthwhile (laughs) and he he goes yeah I'm like you got a six pack and he goes not yet and so he's he's just in good shape all around and most importantly he's in good shape mentally and emotionally and I feel like the scores and the scorecards scorecard uh, are sort of indicative of the way he is right now
1: yeah I I agree I, I watched him a little bit I think what one, one thing you said about SHKM earlier that i really liked is just how organized he is i know you were talking about his golf swing but chris kirk just comes across mm-hmm. as very organized in his just going about his day going about his round yeah. going about his hole he he's just he doesn't really seem to be in a hurry i know that's sort of his personality but it's also you know as as we all know like you can things can get going very quickly and he just doesn't seem to abide by You you know, whatever is external, he just kind of stays internal, and it's it's been fun to watch so far this year.
2: Yeah, that's a really good call. And and the thing about that being true himself or being present or whatever you want to call it, it's not like he's trying to over attack or hit the wrong shot. He's just hitting the right shot all of the time, and it's almost like he's in this mindset where he looks, he knows, like, look over seventy two holes, I'm going to be a part of this thing. I just mustn't beat myself. Because if I don't beat myself, I have a chance of winning events like this. He's proven it to himself. Something else that really jumped out to me was when he was asked about the fact that a few golfers are staying in a house this week. It took a really brave man, a guy who's pretty comfortable with himself, to say, look, I only stay in a hotel room like twice a year. He goes, because it gets lonely in there. And I can tell you how lonely a hotel room is. I'm in a hotel room right now. And that takes a very mature person to admit something like that. Because in this environment that I work in of nothing but alphas, you know, we're all putting our best face forward, you know, and our brave face on. Well, he's like, look, I get learning, man. So when I get a chance, to get a hotel and a house and I call my buddies in. And, and again, this just speaks to a guy who knows exactly who he is. And he knows what he's going to do to play his best golf.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, I think everybody's, Rooting for Chris Kirk, uh, kind of no matter what he's doing or, or how he's playing. So, okay, let's end with Rory. uh 467, uh watch almost all of it. uh Man, he's driving the hell out of it. He is driving it so, so good. 12 of 14 fairways.
2: It's, it's different, though, that driver. I'm going to tell you, you walked past me in the one fair and, and I started having audio issues. So I didn't see the last few holes because um, the audio was all mixed up or something. But we, can, we start on 10, he hits this just lazy draw down the fairway there and makes 30. Then 11, he had to go down the fairway, 12, uh, some kind of thing. Then 13, it's sort of a narrow tee shot. And back in the day, all, you know, people used to lay up. And nowadays, guys just drill the driver down there. But I would think he'd air one out to get it over the bunk down the left, which is like 290. And he hits this thing. Like flat. It was probably 50 feet in the air. And he was only 63 yards from the hole on a hole was like 300 or 400 ish. And I walked past him and I'm like, dang, big guy. And he goes, yeah, I've been working on this flighted driver. He goes, I put into play at Riviera and our flighted driver, he's not changed drivers. He's just hit, able to hit the thing lower now because when Rory normally hits driver, it's just in the air drawing and going hard. And I was like, cool. And he goes, I'm loving it. He goes, it worked out at RIV. He goes, I'm feeling so confident. So a couple holes later, it's another good one. I mean, a really good one. Down 18 maybe. What's so flat? And so I wait for him and I walk up to him like, how are you hitting this thing? What are you doing? Have you changed drivers? What's the story? And he goes, I teed a little lower. He goes, and I moved closer to it. He goes, in fact, I'm standing uncomfortably close to the ball, what he said. He goes, because when I do that, I feel like I can hit the ball from straighter. I can cover it more and just release my right arm down the line. Whereas when I stand farther from it and I hit the air ball, I get behind this thing and I sling my right arm in, and then I can hit the thing left. And I was like, very interesting. Very interesting. And he goes, but I'm uncomfortably close to the ball. And I sort of laughed. And then I thought about this. I'm like, the holes that he hit the shot down, like there was one down two where there's trees in the left bank on the right, he had a perfect flat draw down the fairway there. I was like, it takes a lot of trust to go ahead and hit the shot on that hole. And he did, and he pulled it off. So you say he's driving it well. I don't think the numbers are actually doing justice to how he's driving. It. Cause somewhere in the air in football and some of this flat driver that he's not changing clubs for. So he's, he's all sorts of artistic and creative right now. And I feel like it's making him better.
1: I feel like he talked about the, the flighted driver that he was, he was putting in play or trying to hit maybe in Dubai I, I there was somewhere where he mentioned it earlier this year but it's cool to think about it. I mean it sounds um I d- does it seem like it's more of a like this is going to sound dumb because he's still hitting at 3 325 but like a fairway finder type shot absolutely a fairway
2: finder and, and I think he's realized because he has the thing but right? all the data metrics tell these guys just the thing as close to the target as you can no matter where it is. But you speak to any consistent tournament winner, and they'll be like, it's an advantage to play out of the fairway. I don't care who you are. Like this week, out of the rough, the rough is not that dangerous. Soft greens, you can get something to stop in there close. But when you get to big events, the ones Rory wants to win, you've got to have control and precision with your irons. So that's very much a function of getting the ball in play. And 320 in the rough to a firm green, yeah, you probably can get it on the green, but in many instances he would take nine iron or eight iron from the fairway a little bit more. So I feel like it is a play to to make himself more versatile in the big events. And I commend him because it, it would take a lot because when a player says he's uncomfortable, yet he still does it, that speaks to how they believe in what they're doing.
1: Well, I yeah, I think you're right. I think he yeah, I think he has a ton of confidence. It's it's weird to think about Rory being more confident with driver than He is traditionally, but it, I mean, he finished first in the field uh, at Riv off the tee. He was, I think he was finished at like an hour ago. He was still first in the field today off the tee. So he Mm -hmm. is, he is locked in with driver and the irons have gone the other way. And I, you know, I, I think Rory gets a bad rap for like, I think people think he think he's a terrible iron player. He's actually a, a very good iron player. It, it's just relative to like where he where his drives end up, right? I need I need to say this.
2: I, I measure guys' iron play by the distance they hit the ball, um, and most of Rory's misses today they were the same sort of miss. He didn't have the two sided thing going on because he has to have problems with the iron game when he hits misses at left and right. Every miss he had with the iron today was right, not bad right, but right of where he wanted to start it. I'm sure. But the thing flew hole high, so it wasn't like right and whiffed, like I saw Colin Marikawa doing at one stage. Every ball is hit on the button. It's just like the start line was a whisker off. So I don't think there's any real problem right there. But now, look, I've called him at times when you see like a one that turns hard left and goes forever, then you see the other one that's short right. Everything was flying the distance there, and there weren't left misses. And to me, that's somewhat heartening because a lot of these holes where they got water down the right it's easy to stand in then and tweak one and hit one long left and he didn't. So, so the numbers sort of lie a little bit of what's what's really going on.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that was a little bit the case at, 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 Riviera as well. He, he seems like he, and he talked about this afterwards. He was like, listen, I, I, my, like, he was like, I need to go find a target on the range and just try to hit to a left pin, hit to a left pin, hit to a left pin. Mm-hmm. I will say he had the bogey he made on uh, eight, I think it was eight. He made a five on eight. That one I think was long left. And that's the one where it's like, that's the, that to me, I think you're right, Mark. Like that to me is the frustrating one where you're like, come on, dude. Mm-hmm. But the one where it's right and pin high, you're kind of like, "Yeah, that, that gets worked out, right? Like that's just reps. That's just kind of figuring it out. The, the long left one is the one yeah. where you're like that, that is, that's tough. Um, Rory is that, still that, the that, favorite. That's ball is that a killer yeah Rory's still the favorite he was the favorite coming in uh or at least last time I looked he was still the favorite I think we've got odds that we're going to pull up Rory is plus 650 to win this golf tournament Cam Young plus 750 uh S.H. Kim who's leading co-leading is 16 to 1 and then we go down the list Mark we've got Andrew Novak at 22 Benny on at 22 Minwoo Lee who shot I believe four hundred sixty seven. he's at 25 Chesson Hadley 25 Austin Eckro, my guy, Oklahoma State, 665. He is uh, He's 28-1. to 1. Does any of this interest you from a just kind of what their odds are standpoint? Uh, I sound like Patrick. I'm very much on the eye test. And I spent
2: a little time with Min Wu in the practice round yesterday, the program.
1: Oh, it's playing awesome.
2: with took a for, 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 for the record.
1: Oh, that's he sweet.
2: Looked, he, yeah, he, Min Woo just looked really good to me. And he still played here last year, but he just felt more comfortable around this time. And he hit some shots that I was like, yeah, boy's got it. I mean, I know he's had flash, right? But, but but he looked really good. And, and to get around in four under this afternoon, because he played late, I feel like that was, you know, that was that was certainly gaining on the field, I would think. I haven't seen the numbers. Because this morning, the guys had the easier of the conditions, there's no doubt.
1: Yeah. Now,
2: the risk, the, the the forecast is for it to blow harder tomorrow afternoon, but I think it's still going to blow in the morning, but I feel like Minwoo can get out there in the morning, stack something on there, maybe another four round to get to eight. And who knows? I think all bets are off by the time Friday evening comes. And then it's a weekend charge and we know he can win. So I like Minwoo at 20 plus
1: 25. Yeah. Minwoo was 16th in the field, Tita Green. Uh, Rory was 17th. So he, I mean, at least numbers wise hit it, uh, he did it a lot differently. His iron play, his approach play was a lot better. His uh, off the tee was a little bit worse. But they both putted uh, pretty, pretty poorly, uh, or not poorly, but just kind of, kind of below average. Actually, the name that I really liked—he's he, off this list. Um, he's not within the top, whatever that is, eight. But Daniel Berger shot 68 on on Thursday. Hasn't mm-hmm. played very much. He's been injured, obviously, his back and and a shoulder injury. Uh, he's 50 to one uh, to win this tournament. And I, he was like top five in the field in terms of, of striking it. And as you know, Mark, he's been really good at this golf course in the past. He's got, yeah, I believe th- three top fives. Each of his last two starts here was a, was a top four finish. Now, granted those were four years ago and two years ago, respectively, but 50 to one, I I think that's kind of interesting with, for Daniel Berger. I would I'd put a shekel or two on
2: him. I will say this about the putting, right? Um, because the greens were mowed at 12 on the stem, So they were a little slower than players were expecting. And when you play in the pro-am and the practice round, you always got sort of half the mindset to say, okay, Thursday morning rolls around and these babies are gonna get double cut and varnished and they're gonna be faster, right? And so every player that came in, it looked like they were misreading putts because they just couldn't figure the speed out. But now a lot of these guys that are normally good putters that have had a run 18 holes in these greens, and they're like okay we can trust what what what, what we what we're seeing right now uh, i feel like you might see those putty numbers change a little bit and so it's with that being said that someone like a man who still says stays quite attractive to me
1: yeah uh who was your one in mark oh
2: i forgot i forget i know you're gonna remind me about it
1: <laughs> no I, I i legitimately don't no, remember
2: i had I had Eric Cole who went on in ambulance and came back in another ambulance. The, oh. he was four over through nine. Yeah. So it was a rough day for the guy for the guy who was playing in the group in front of the group I had in the afternoon, Ricky Fowler and company. And whenever I looked up, he was missing putts and stuff. So it was unlike him. I'm, you know, looking like weekend off, which is disappointing for me. But next the next couple of weeks with a signature money is is, is time to shine.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, he yeah, he's currently in last. Cebes not much better. He's t seventy one. Greg and Rick have JT in. Last I look, he was I, th- I think he finished at two under, so like in the forties. I've got Russell Henley. I actually don't even know where Russell Henley's at. I think he was two. Or three. He was
2: and he, he he was with Cole in the group in front. It didn't look very good. I don't know what he shot.
1: Oh, he's even.
2: Wow, not good. Yeah, no yeah well he did he didn't have his best stuff either i was watching from
1: behind him so josh is looking pretty good with chris kirk shooting for uh what was he four under five four under on thursday i'm gonna run him tomorrow
2: afternoon don't you worry yeah that's
1: i i love that i need it i'm i'm i would be glad for that mark great stuff today you can follow mark emelman at mark underscore emelman you can follow me at kyle porter cbs mark keep the uh Keep the goods coming from from PJ Troy Live. Enjoyed it today, and uh, thanks for all the insight. Likewise, my brother. See you soon. Talk to you later.